Welcome to Impact Church's podcast with Pastor Travis Hearn. Pastor Travis also serves as the team pastor for the NBA's Phoenix Suns and has served Major League Baseball as the team chaplain for over a decade. Today, he leads us with a powerful and hope-filled message. We're so glad you're tuning in, and we believe that wherever you're listening from, that God will impact your life through today's message. I want to preach a sermon today based off of a thought that God gave me during a sermon I was preaching a couple weeks ago, and this thought wasn't even in my notes at the time. And sometimes those are like the best little moments. Like I planned all week and then I preach and then something comes out that was never even in the notes. But today it's in my notes. Look at somebody and tell them it's in his notes today. 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 I want to preach a topic I have titled stack your team. Stack your team. Look at somebody right now and tell them stack your team. Stack your, look at somebody you don't even know who they are and tell them you need to stack your team. Everybody stand up, please stand up to your feet. I want you to walk a long way and find three people you don't know. You've never seen them. Give them a fist bump and tell them stack your team. Come on, come on. Find somebody you don't know and stack your team, stack your team, stack your, stack your team, stack your team. Father, we pray in Jesus' name that you speak to our hearts today, God, that you change us, that you challenge us, God, that you uplift us, encourage us, edify us, but God, let us rise to the call today. We pray this in Jesus' name. We all say amen, amen. If you're ready for the word, let me hear you say, I'm ready, I'm ready, I'm ready, I'm ready. I'm ready because I'm ready too. I want to start by reading Proverbs chapter 12 and then Proverbs chapter 27. These two verses, Proverbs 12, 26, it says the righteous choose. Somebody say choose. The righteous choose their friends carefully, but the way of the wicked leads them astray. Right? This is good stuff right here. Proverbs chapter 27, verse 19, a mirror, everybody, everybody Unless you're just straight up not from Scottsdale. Everybody looked in a mirror this morning. Everybody looked in a mirror. He says a mirror reflects a man's face. But what he's really like is shown by the kinds of friends he chooses. What kind of friends do you choose? This is about choosing. That's a key word right there. Choose. Say that word. Choose. That's a key word. You get to choose. It's your choice. It's not my choice. It's your choice. It's your choice. You you get to pick who's on your team. You get to choose who's in your life. You get to choose who you date. You get to choose who you marry. You get to choose who you do business with. You get to choose your closest friends. It's a choice. We, we all have two types of friends. We, we, have, we have casual friends, right? That's, that's a result of circumstance. I know them. They're on my team. They're in my business. They're in my family. <laughs> but I don't know them really, right? And, and then we have, and casual friends are a result of circumstance. Then we have close friends. Close friends must, must, must be a result of choice. Uh, uh, It's a choice that you make. The righteous choose their friends carefully, but the way of the wicked leads them astray. I grew up playing basketball in the park. Does anybody know anything about that? Because kids today don't know anything about that. Like they don't know, they're like, you played basketball outside? We played basketball outside. Imagine that. Imagine that. Outside. I grew up in Arizona, man. 
We played basketball outside. Everybody's tripping about 119 degree heat. I remember in June of 1990, 122 degrees. And, and we're playing basketball in it. Like, it's fine, man. It's fine. I got people all over the state, all over the nation texting me like, dude, it's hot. It's, like, it's Arizona. We're used to it. Bring it on. That's why we live here. It's what we do. The real ones stay. The phonies leave for the summer. <laughs> the real ones stay. Today it's all about bougie basketball. You know what I'm saying? It's got to have the, it's got to be indoors. It's got to be the perfect wood courts. 200, 300, $400 basketball shoe, perfectly round and perfectly inflated basketballs. Like when I was a kid, that thing was rubber and lopsided, you know? And if it was leather, that leather was falling off of it. Like it's bougie basketball today, but, 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 but I grew up playing pickup basketball at the park. I, I also, you know what else? I, I also had something at school. In school, when I was a kid, we had something called recess. I don't know. If the kids today don't know nothing about that. We was my favorite class, recess. My favorite class as a kid growing up. I would have flunked out of today's school system. There's no recess. We had like three of them. We had like a 15 minute recess. You could get two pickup games in in that time. And then we had lunch. You'd get four or five pickup games in that time. You could play some football. And, 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 and I remember playing football at recess. It's like pickup football. And this is what I learned. I learned that the way that you pick teams determines the outcome. I learned at a, a young age, this is, a school book did not teach me this. I learned at recess, man, <laughs> that who's on your team will let you win or lose. That's what I learned. And, and I'm so thankful I learned that because I dragged that into every area of my life today. Every area, your success, every area your wins and your losses, it's all about the team that you choose. I pick him. I pick him. I pick her. I pick her. It's all about the people that you choose. You choose. You choose. You choose. I didn't choose them. When I was a youth pastor, I, uh, I ran a church basketball league. <laughs> and there was, I don't know, 150 players in this basketball league and it was a lot of fun. I ran this church basketball league, but I also put my own team in the league. Some of you've known me long enough to know what I'm talking about. You might, you might've been there. I put my own team in the league and people on all the other teams, they got all kinds of butt hurt. Like, oh, you going to enter your own team and moaning and groaning and belly aching. And you know why they were moaning and groaning and belly aching? It wasn't because I put a team in it. It's because I stacked my team. And they're like, oh, you stack your team. Like, of course I stack my team. I'm in it to win it. I'm here to win. I'm here to win. I'm here to win. I didn't go get NBA players. I could have done that. I didn't stack quite that high. I mean, I got, I had, I was a chaplain in baseball and doing all these spring training teams out here. And I had relationships with baseball players. I had this one friend. He, he, he was a pitcher for the Seattle Mariners. He was a minor league pitcher. His name was Phil Colin, big, tall, white dude, six foot nine forward. But he played, he played basketball in college, but he got drafted as a pitcher into the pros. I'm like, you want to play on my team in this league? He's like, yeah, man, I haven't played in about eight months. I'm ready to play. I come walking in with this banger. I got another banger. This other guy, he's 6'3". 6'3", black dude could jump out the gym. He, he was a baseball player for the Kansas City Royal, another pitcher. 
It pitched to throw 90, 90 something miles an hour. I recruited him to be one of my youth leaders when I was youth pastor. We used to play dodgeball. I'm like, I want him on my team. <laughs> Staff again, students. A boy throwing the 90s, you better get out of the way. I sacked my team. And I mean, this dude, I'm telling you, he got drafted out of high school to play baseball. He played baseball for five years. And I kept telling him, bro, you're in the wrong sport. You're in the wrong sport. If you've ever been in a church league, you know what church league basketball looks like? They all look like alcoholics with beer bellies. And they all think they're Michael Jordan. So I just thought I'd give you a better understanding of how I stacked my team. Because I got some highlights of my friend Ira Brown. Because he went on to play pros for the last 20 years. Here's a, here's a little shot of Ira. Brown on the turnaround. The dunk. There you go, Japan now on the break. Do they? Or slow down, but the was a little bit of attitude in that dunk. Possibly the highlight of the first quarter. Again. Oh, come on, Ira. The pass intercepted. Here he comes. Get ready for tackle. And Ira Brown, little windmill action. Around Brown for a second time. Brown off the pick and roll. Oh, my word. A sledgehammer of a dunk from Ira Brown. Japan finishing strong. What a finish that was from Ira Brown. So anyway, he's played now. He, he ended up getting cut from baseball. He eventually just said, I'm going to go pro. He's been pro. He was on Team Japan for the three-on-three Olympic basketball tournament. That was my church basketball league team. <laughs> and I got to tell you, not only did we won, we won big. Like we won hands down, no problem, uncontested. But what I'm trying to tell you is that in every area of your life, you should be stacking your team. You should be stacking your team. Every successful thing that I have ever been a part of, and I've been a part of a lot of successful things, every successful thing that I have personally ever been a part of was about who was on my team. It wasn't even about me. It was about them. It wasn't about what I was doing. It was about what they were doing. The success of my marriage is not about me. It's about my wife, Natalie. The success of this church, it's not about me. I have an incredible team that I depend on. The success in my recovery from my health and my stroke, it's not about me. It's about the team that surrounded me. It's about doctors. It's about therapists. It's about trainers. It's, it, it's about the people that have been on my team. Every win is about who was on my team. But check this out. The opposite is also true. The opposite is also true. Most of my failures, most of the trouble I've gotten myself into was also about who was on my team. So my question for you today is who's on your team and why who's on your team and why, why did you let them on your team? Who's in your closest circle? Who are you doing business with? Who have you given your heart to your ears to your mind to and by who I don't mean their name. I mean, who are they? I mean, who are they? Who are your closest friends? What, what is their character like? What, what are they convicted by? What are their beliefs? Listen, this is important to understand. It's your choice. It's your choice. It's your choice. And you make your choices and your choices make you. Your choices in life 
will either make you or they will break you. Your friends in life, they will either make you or they will break you. Listen, Impact Church, you are one choice away from changing your life forever. One choice. Some of you walked in here today and you feel lost. Some of you walked in here and you feel hopeless. Some of you walked in here. Listen, you are one choice away from never being the same. You can choose Jesus Christ today to be on your team and you will find hope and you will find purpose. You can choose right here, right now to live for Jesus Christ because Jesus Christ died for you. You're one choice away from walking away from that abusive relationship. You're one choice away from entering rehab and getting free. You're one choice away. I don't have to stay a drug addict. I don't have to stay an alcoholic. I don't have to stay living in fear. I don't have to stay in depression. You're one choice away from walking away from that perversion. You're one choice away from walking away from prostitution and leaving it behind forever. You're one choice away from stepping into the light. One decision, one choice away from radically changing your life. Why? Because God loves you unconditionally. Because he stands waiting for you with arms wide open. And because I love you unconditionally. And this church loves you unconditionally. And we are here waiting for you with arms wide open. We do not judge. We get it. (laughs) We get it. If there's any body of people that get it, it is the staff of Impact Church. About half of them been arrested. (laughs) I'm not, you think I'm kidding. (laughs) I'm not kidding. (laughs) We get it. We get it. Jeremiah, it says, Choose this day whom you will serve. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. You make your choices and your choices make you. And you listen, one of the greatest gifts, have you ever thought about it this way? One of the greatest gifts, one of the greatest gifts that you've ever been given. One of the greatest freedoms that you've ever been given is the ability to choose. That's freedom. That's a gift. God gives you a gift, the ability to choose. You get to choose where you live. You do. You get to choose where you work. You get to choose where you go to college. You get to choose if you go to college. You get to choose where you go to church. You get to choose your closest friends. You get to choose your wife. You get to choose your husband. It's a gift. And perhaps the single most important choice for your spiritual growth. Somebody say spiritual growth. Spiritual growth. If you want to move past, I go to church every now and then. If you want to grow past, I go to church every now. If you want to grow past, I sit in church, but I don't do anything. I don't serve God. I don't give to God. I don't love my neighbor as I love myself. I don't know his word. I know I love the word. I know I believe in the word, but I don't know his word. If you want to move past that. One of the most one of the most important choices for your spiritual growth. Is who you choose To be your closest friends. Because they will influence you. And they will shape you. And they will mold you. And they will change you. So how do we choose good friends? And this is is my three thoughts for you today. Three keys on choosing good teammates. Three keys on building an all-star team is number one is choose friends 
who are running after Jesus Christ. Somebody say running. 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 Not, not, not walking. So, running after Jesus Christ and walking after Jesus Christ are two radically different concepts. I'm asking you, if you want an all-star team, if you want a team that is going to make your life better, it's going to make your mental health better, it's going to lower your stress level, it's going to lower your fear, it's going to build up your faith, it's going to grow you into a spiritual giant, choose friends who are running after Jesus Christ. Choose friends that if you're going through hell, you can call them and they're going to open their mouths and they're going to pray for you and they're going to bring down the power of God upon your life. Not friends that go to church. There are a lot of people, man, sitting in church, they, they don't even know how to pray. Find some friends who are running. I, I love what Paul said at the end of his life. The apostle Paul, he said, I have fought the good fight. He said, I've finished the race. I've kept the faith. I did it. I finished. I finished this race. I finished this race. But I like, he says, a race. A race means that I'm running. A race means that I'm running. I'm not kind of like walking with Jesus. I'm not looking for friends who kind of, sort of know something about Jesus. I'm not looking for friends who simply have a belief. Hello? I'm not, my closest circle is not just people who have a belief in Jesus. Did you know that James chapter two, it says, even the demons believe and shudder. It talks about faith in action. Faith. Well, I believe. What do you believe? I think we live in a world that has no freaking idea what the Bible even says but I'm a Christian. It's like, I want to be a part of the club, but I'm not going to read the fine print. I'm not going to read what it actually calls and demands of my life. That's too much time. That's too, it's not comfortable. And, And James goes on to say that faith without works is dead. I'm not looking for somebody who talks the talk. I'm looking for somebody. Do they walk the walk? Forget about beliefs. Are they running after Jesus Christ? A man of God, a woman of God. Listen, who's running after the character of God. Who's who's chasing the conviction of God. Because most of us run from it. I want to chase the conviction of God. I want friends who are digging into the word of God. I don't want close friends that are getting sent a scripture by the Bible app every day. I want people in my life who dig into the word of Jesus Christ. I want friends in my circle who love to worship God. I want some friends who absolutely under no circumstances can they miss church ever. I will never miss church. That is my fuel for the week. That is where I give my savior praise. I want, I I don't want people in my closest circle. I don't want somebody in my closest circle. They go to church once every 14 weeks and it's just really not a priority, but God knows my heart. God loves me anyway. I don't want that person in my, I, I want friends who deeply fear God. Listen, listen, this is so important. I could have preached a whole sermon on this and I might next week. Our world lacks a fear of God. You can walk around with fear of God, of clothing all you want. I got a fear of God. Hi, I got a fear of God shirt, man. You, you can put whatever, you can dress your body with whatever you want to dress it with. The world that we live in lacks a fear of God, a holy fear, a reverence, an awe, an awe of who God is. This world is no longer afraid to cross lines. This world is no longer afraid to open satanic doors. This world is no longer afraid to mock God. 
This world is no longer afraid to mock his creation. We lack a fear of God. And listen, make no mistake about this. We will pay for it. We will pay for it. We should have a deep fear of God. We should have a deep fear of the power of God. We should have a deep fear of the wrath of God. We should. We should be afraid of God's wrath. We should be afraid of God's judgment. I don't, I don't know what Bible you believe in. Are you just a grace and a, a grace only Bible reader? Because there's a, there's a fire of God. There is a wrath of God. There is a judgment of God. This is why Jesus said stuff like this in Matthew 10, 28. He said, don't be afraid of those who kill the body. That's not the issue. But cannot kill the soul. Rather be afraid of the one who can destroy both the soul and the body in hell. Listen, Impact Church family. Fearing God is a good thing. It's a good thing. Proverbs chapter 9, 10, it says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. You want more wisdom? Fear God. Live your life in a reverence for God, in a reverence for His holy written word, in a reverence for scriptures. I'm afraid that if I live my life outside of the context of scriptures, that strikes fear in me, man. I want to live my life because I fear God. The fear of the Lord is also the beginning of knowledge, it says in Proverbs 1. But fools despise wisdom and instruction. You want knowledge? It starts with fearing God. You know what it means to fear God? I'm going to tell you what it means. And it means this in Proverbs 8, 13. To fear the Lord. Ready? Let's read this out loud. To fear the Lord is to hate evil. I hate pride and arrogance, evil behavior and perverse speech. To fear God means you hate what God hates. Hello? To fear God means you hate what God hates. To fear God means you love what God loves. To fear God means you do what God says. You align with God's word, even if you don't necessarily understand that. That's fearing God. I saw a video of some girl. I don't even know why I saw it, but it said she was like, oh, no, I'm a Christian. And the dude was like interviewing her. And he said, do you believe in the Bible? And she goes, well, no. (laughs) That's a chuckle from us because we think that sounds crazy. That's most of American Christian culture. Most, most of American Christian culture. I'm a Christian. I don't really believe in the Bible. Well, you're not a Christian then. I mean, I kind of got some bad news for you. You're not a Christian. You don't believe in the same Jesus that I believe in. You don't believe in the same gospel that I believe in. Matthew chapter 7. Listen to this one. Matthew chapter 7 verse 21. Not everyone. Not everyone. Say not everyone. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. But only the one who does the will of my father. Who is in heaven. Many will say to me. Many will say to me. Many will say to me on that day. Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? Did we not drive out demons? Did we not drive out demons and in your name perform many miracles? I will tell them plainly. I never knew you. Away from me. You evildoers. Does that not strike the fear of God in you? Because it should, because if it doesn't, I'm very concerned for you. If you can hear that and be like, eh, I'm very, I am alarmed for your soul. Not everyone, man, not everyone, not everyone, not everyone. I can feel that. I can feel that. I can feel that. 
I can feel that. I can feel that. Because like people be like, oh yeah, I'm, I, I know PT. I know Pastor Trav. And my staff will come to me and they'll be like, do you know so-and-so? And I'm like, who? Well, they used your name and they wanted this and they wanted that. Who? No, I don't know them. They used my name? Man, I've worked my, you know what, off to build my name. You want to use my name? You want to use my influence? You want to use my reputation? You, You want me to post your business on my Instagram account? So you want to do something free for me? You want to give me a free round of golf and you want me to post that you own the golf course? Get out of here. Do you understand what I'm saying? I can feel that. I can feel that. I can feel that, man. I can feel that. Stack your team. Stack your team. Stack your team. It's the single most important decision you will make for your spiritual growth. Number two, write this down. Choose teammates who are running the same race at the same pace. I'm running. It's far easier for someone to pull you down than for you to pull them up. I'll say it one more time, even slower. It's far easier for someone to pull you down than for you to pull them up. If you're, if you're in a relationship and you're not running at the same race at the same pace. First of all, if you ain't running the same race, you need to get out of that relationship. I, I'm going to say that one again and leave me a slower. If, if you're not running the same race, get out of the relationship. I mean, unless you're married, you're stuck. We're going to pray for the win, winning soul of the lost one. And, and I've seen it happen. There's hope. There's hope. There's hope. But if you're not married, get out. You're thinking about going into business with somebody they don't love Jesus? Nope, 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 nope. No, no, man, no. You could be like, man, PT's cutthroat. I'm just, do you want an all-star team? Do you want less stress in your life? More of God's favor in your life? Do you want God's favor on your business? God's favor on your finances? God's favor on your family? You, you don't have to do it. I'm just telling you, this is, this is man, I know how to stack a team. I was always a small white kid. I won everything I ever did. I know how to stack a team, man. I know how. I know how to stack a team. I'm trying to teach you. I'm trying to teach you. Choose friends who are running the same race at the same pace. There is a big difference. There's a big difference, man. They might even be running. They might even be running the same race. But if it's not the same pace, it is going to drag you down. It is going to slow you down. It is going to weigh you down. Because even though the same race is, oh yeah, I believe in Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. I don't really want to go to church as much as you do. I don't really want to pray with our kids at night. I don't want to pray before every meal. I don't want to do a devotion with you. I don't want to give 10% of everything that I earned back to God. But you do. Same race, same pace is very important. It's far easier to pull somebody down in life than to pull somebody up. I have been married to my wife, Natalie, for 25 years. And she is still, she is still, she is still my best friend, my soulmate, my partner in Christ. If we weren't saved, she would be my partner in crime for sure. She is my woman. And for 25 years and the one, the one whole year that we dated before that, she's pulled me up. She's pulled me up. I pray more because of Natalie. I read more of the word. Listen, I read more Bible because of my wife. I like you more 
because of my wife. I have more compassion, more empathy, more love, more understanding because of my wife. We are running the same race at the same pace. We have been for 26 years. I know because some of y'all see that hot thing at the gym and you're like, oh boy, I'm going to win her to Jesus, right? You're not going to, it's not happening. The chances are good that that is not, you're like, I'm going to be a missionary, a dating missionary, man. That's not happening. <laughs> My, um, <laughs> when, I, when I first saw Natalie, I was a uh, worship leader. I don't know if y'all are ready for this story. But I was a worship leader. Singing. You know. I was doing what a million Daniel do. Just not as good. But I was doing it. It was a small church. And I knew everybody in that small church. Until she walked in. And then it was like. Woo. Like. I think we were supposed to sing Amazing Grace and I sang Amazing Legs on accident. Something like that. I said, you know, this is probably not right. There is a lot of sin in me right now. As I'm leading worship. And I, I went and introduced myself and she was like, hey. And that was, that was like, we, then we didn't talk for like six months. And then I asked her about six months into it if she wanted to go feed the homeless with me. Isn't that a great first date? That was our first date. We went and fed the... Now, she didn't think it was a date. She thought she was going to feed the homeless. (laughs) But I thought it was our first date, and I still consider it very much so, our first date. Here's the thing for all you single people. (laughs) I wasn't looking for a believer. I wasn't looking for just a Christian. I wasn't looking for just somebody who was physically beautiful. Because if you're looking for somebody that's just there, all they're gorgeous, dude. First of all, all of Scottsdale is gorgeous. If you're not in Scottsdale, okay, there's ugly people. I'm just messing with you guys. I'm messing with everybody who's watching online who lives in that town in Iowa that has 285 people. I'm just kidding. It's a joke. (laughs) It's so easy to get in trouble with a microphone. I, I, I wasn't looking for someone who was just fun and kind. I wasn't looking for somebody who just went to church. I was looking for somebody who is in the same race at the same pace. I was looking for somebody who was all in for Jesus Christ, not partly in, not toe tapping in. I was looking for somebody that's all in for Jesus Christ. And let me tell you, that woman was all in and that woman to this very day is all in for Jesus Christ. I'd watch her, I'd watch her as we were dating, I would watch her worship God with her entire being. I would watch her lift her hands up and not give a crap about who cared or who was looking or not looking. I would watch her sing at the top of her lungs and praise at the top of her lungs. I would watch her cry her eyes out. And she was at church every time the church doors were open. And since I worked there, I could open them. She was at prayer nights, Bible studies, everything. That year we dated, I want to tell you about our date life. That year we dated, all we did, all we did, all we did is study God's word and make out. That's all we did. That's, I, that's real talk right there. I, I want you to know, we did not have sex until we got married. I know nobody can say that, but we can say that. Some of y'all right now, you living together in church, <laughs> Never mind, I can't. I, I gotta stop. I... <laughs> oh, 
were just trying to do things the right way. But all we did was study his word. I'm telling you, that's all we dug together. I wonder what this means. I wonder what that means. Let's look at his word. We, we were in the church. All This is my girl. This is still my girl. Same race, same pace. There are a lot of people who are running the race just at a different pace. And they're going to ruin your life. They're not going to catch up to you. You're going to slow down to them. If you're running a race with somebody that's not the same pace, they are not going to catch up to you. You are going to slow down to them. You have probably already slowed down to them. Man, this is good preaching. You guys are quiet. I mean, that convicts me. Ah, that's, that's a word right there. This is why, this is why, this is why the Bible talks about terms like unequally yoked. This is why Paul says in Corinthians, don't be unequally yoked together with unbelievers for what fellowship has righteousness with unrighteousness and what communion has light with darkness. Dude, I picked that word up. I've been saying dude a lot for like three weeks. I don't know who in my life says dude, but that good friend rubbed off on me. Dude, what does light and darkness that because there's a lot of Christians that their light's not on. That thing's not turned on. That thing's not turned on. Don't be yoked together, man. It's going to slow you down. Number three, my final key for your life today to choose an all-star team is to choose friends who will sharpen you. If you surround yourself with Jesus freaks, they're running the same race and the same pace as you. They are going to sharpen your life. They're going to sharpen you. Don't you want to be sharper? I do. You be wiser? I do. More sensitive to the things of God? More spiritually mature? I do. More, I want to be more knowledgeable in the word of God? I do. The right people around you will sharpen you. It's, you're... You can't just go to church every week and think you're going to get sharp. You, you have to surround yourself with the right people. The hard truth is this. Listen, this is the hardest thing you're going to hear today. You'd be a lot sharper by letting some friends go. Iron sharpens iron. So a friend sharpens a friend. Iron sharpens iron. A friend sharpens a friend. Proverbs 27. Iron sharpens iron. But you know what? Idiots make you idiot. An idiot make an idiot out of you. An idiot, a dummy make you a dumb dumb. A, a dummy will make you a dumb dumb. A dumb dumb will make you a dumb dumb. I'm just working on this to see how I'm going to say it for second service. <laughs> when I hire people like, dude, I'm, I creepishly crawl on everything I can find out about them. They can tell me whatever they want. I don't believe it. They're Christian. They want to work for the church. I still don't believe it. I'm going to call everybody. I'm going to turn over every stone. What you know about this person? Tell me. I don't want to know the good stuff. She already told me that. He's already told me. I want to know the, I want to know the junk. I can deal with that. I'm a big boy. I just want to know now. Like I'm going to crawl on people. Because I want good people on my team. I've worked too hard. I've worked too hard for the cause of Christ. And God has gifted us with this special ministry called Impact Church. I have given my life to this thing. And I'm not letting you on my team unless you're going to protect it and go at it the same way I go at it. And if you're in it for you, we're done already. 
what I'm trying to say is that it's not just about you. Like, you bring idiots on your team, your team becomes idiotic. Honestly, it just takes one person. That's how careful you got to be. One, one cancer cell, and it starts affecting other people, and cancer starts spreading out through the organization, through the team, through the family. One cell. One cell. This is why Corinthians says, in 1 Corinthians 15, 33, we all know it. We all know it. You guys can preach this better than I can. Don't be deceived, because bad company, it ruins good morals. The wrong friends will ruin your life. Don't be deceived. Bad company, it says in a different translation, bad company corrupts good character. Dude. I'll say it again. Most of my failures, most of my stupidity, most of the trouble I got myself into was about who was on my team. I took my first drink of alcohol in eighth grade because of who was on my team. I took my first hit of a joint my freshman year in high school because of who was on my team. The first time I ever stole something was because who was on my team. And you know what I've learned? This is what I've learned. I hope you catch this. I hope you catch this because this is why this is so hard. This is why it's so hard when it comes to bad company corrupts good character. It's so hard because these people in my life, they were good friends with good hearts with bad character. Okay, li- li- listen, listen. They were good friends with good hearts with bad character. I liked them. And then because of that, so was I. Because a friend with bad character will make you into a friend with bad character. So he says, don't be deceived. Another translation says, don't be misled. We get easily misled. We get easily deceived and one thing one thing i've learned about bad company in my own life you don't know they're bad company because they have good hearts they're nice they're kind they're sweet they love me we all want to be loved That feels pretty good. They don't believe in the same Bible you believe in. They don't believe in the same God you believe in. They don't believe in the same power of God that you believe in. They don't have the same understanding. That's an unequally yoked situation. Unequally yoked is not about marriage. It's about marriage. It's about your closest friend. It's about doing business with people. Good hearts, man. They have good hearts. They have good hearts. They have good hearts. They're, not, they, they're bad character. I mean, he's a drug dealer, but he's got a good heart. You laugh, but I know people have told me that. He's a drug dealer. He's got a good heart. He looks out for his people. <laughs> I mean, he's abusive. He, he beats the hell out of me. He leaves me bloody and broken physically and emotionally, but I know he's got a good heart. Man, she, that girl, she's a woman, she's narcissistic. All, all she talks about, think about every time is herself. I could be talking about me and it flips into her. I could be telling a story about my own life, but boom, it became about her life. All day, every day. But you know what? She's got a good heart. I know she's got a good heart. And it's easy to be misled. It's easy to be deceived. Because it's hard. Listen. It's hard to make hard decisions. It's hard to make hard choices. Bad company. Corrupts. And it's not just about doing Bad stuff, it's about becoming. Becoming. Bad company corrupts. Bad company ruins. By the way, what is good character? What even is good character? What are good morals? Listen, the Bible is our moral standard. I believe the Bible. 
I believe the Bible. The Bible is our moral standard. There is no other. If the Bible's not your standard, what is? What you think? Your mind? The way you feel? Culture? Culture. Is that your value system? Morals? Consensus says. Is that your, is that your moral standard? Mine is the Bible. And good character and good morals are built upon the truth and the principles of God's holy written word of God. Not what the world says, but what the word says. Not what the world shouts, but what the word says. God's word. I don't know how else to say this, but listen. If the people that you surround yourself with don't align with God's word, they are bad company and they are corrupting your good character. Remember, it's a choice. It's a choice. The righteous choose their friends carefully, but the way of the wicked leads them astray. They choose, they choose carefully. Be careful and be prayerful. Say that out loud. Be careful and be prayerful. Be selective and be protective. Say that out loud. Be selective and be protective. Be careful and prayerful and selective and protective about who you let on your team. Godly teammates who sharpen you, who push you forward, who pushing you to come to church, who pushing you to Bible study, pushing you into small group, who are pushing you into the word, who are pushing you into worship. Hey, listen to this new worship song. Listen to this new worship song. Listen to this new worship song. Come to the night of worship with me. Come to encounter with me. Hey, can I pray for you? Hey, can I pray for you? They're pushing you. They're pushing you. They're inspiring you to live more for Jesus Christ. And here's the key. Here's the key. This is the key that I'm going to end with today. Here's the key. Your success is not just who you surround yourself with, but it's also who you separate yourself from. Some of y'all, this is all you need to hear right here. You could have heard this and left. Some of you need to break up with bad character. It's hard to make hard decisions. Some of y'all need to break up with bad character. Your life depends on it. Did you hear me? Your life. Your life depends on it. Your life. Not next week depends on Your life depends on it. You need to break up with bad character. It's hard to do hard things. You need to break up with bad character. Not not everybody makes the team. Not everybody makes the team. I want you. I want you. I want you. I want you. And I want you. I got my five myself. I got one sub. I'm done. I got you. I got you. I got you. I'm sorry you didn't make the cut. It's not offense to you. I want to win. And when you get yourself to where you want to be, then I'll bring you on my team. Not everybody makes the team, but listen, not everybody stays on the team. Not everybody stays on the team, man. Not everybody stays on. Oh, I thought we were supposed to love. Yeah, but some people you got to love from a distance. That's, that's Bible. The closest people to you are going to influence your life. You need to surround yourself with men and women of God. It's who you surround yourself with. One of the best choices I ever made in my life when I gave my life to Jesus Christ was who I surrounded myself with. 
all of a sudden there was these preachers at the church, these young preachers, pastors. And I went from hanging with my homies and all the athletes. We partying every night, smoking every night to hanging out with pastors every night. I'm telling you, I wouldn't be your pastor today if it weren't for this, this one decision. I started hanging out. They, they were the nerds, dude, of the earth. They were Bible nerds. They didn't play. Hey, you get out and play basketball and you see somebody dribble, you're like, they don't play basketball. That's awkward. Let's do something else. Maybe checkers or chess or something. No, man. We read the Bible. I learned the Bible. I learned the Bible from those men. I learned how to pray from those men. I learned how to worship from those men. Best decision. One of the single best decisions I ever made was who I surrounded myself with. So it's, it's who you surround yourself with, but it's also who you separate yourself, who you separate yourself from, who you separate yourself from. You know what the Bible says in second Corinthians six, 17, he says, therefore come out from them. And be separate. Says the Lord. Touch no unclean thing. And I will receive you. And I will be a father to you. And you will be my sons and daughters. Says the Lord Almighty. Come out from them. And be separate. I got a church full of nerds. If you want to come hang out with us. People that love Jesus, people that love the word, people that love you. We might have everything else in our life and there's no common ground, but we got the main thing. We love Jesus. We love his word. We're desperately trying to live for God's word. We're desperately trying to walk in the spirit. Would you pray with me? Lord, today we come before you and we look to your word because God, we, we know that Who's in our life matters. God, nothing matters more than the people that we surround ourselves with. And nothing matters more than a personal relationship with our creator. Maybe you're here today and you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ today. God wants you on his team. He loves you so much that he died for you. He wants you on his team. All you have to do is say, God, I'm in. I'm in. I'm in. I'm in. I give you my life. I want to live my life for you. I want to live for you. God, we thank you that you sent your one and only son to die for me. If that's you, would you do that right now? God, today I want to give my life to you. God, today I want to give my, I want to become a Christian. Uh, I want to run after you. I want to run after you. I want to run this race. I want to be like Paul one day where I can say, I have fought the good fight. I have finished this race. God, I want to finish my race for you. God, I pray for the rest of us. God, God, that you teach us. And give us the strength to make hard decisions. God, give us the discernment to see past the deception. God, give us the discernment to see past the deception that we would not be misled. But we'd be led by the spirit of God. God, we love you. We're grateful for everything that you've done and do for us. We pray this in Jesus name. We all say. Amen. 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 Impact Church. God bless you guys. I love you. I can't wait to see you next Sunday. Have a great week. Thank you for joining us today. If you said that prayer and accepted Jesus into your heart, it's the best decision you could ever make. We want to celebrate with you and get you more connected. Visit impactchurch.com for more information about our church and how you can get plugged in here with us. 
be sure to subscribe and share today's message with your friends. Thanks for tuning in, and we can't wait to hear how God has made an impact in your life.